The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club, and joining me from parts unknown, the wonderfully talented Michelle Yu. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Oh, thanks, Billy. The funny thing is this time I am like part known because I'm at home and your part's unknown because you can't stop traveling during the pandemic. Uh, yes, I, you, that's absolutely true. I am in Florida <laughs> uh, for what we're going to talk about in, uh, in uh, three things of note, uh, part three. So I'm going to save that, but I apologize for my faulty uh, uh, microphone here. I don't have my usual setup. Um, and in fact, this is kind of a special show because you are going to be doing the interview by yourself. And that's with Jeff Callen from Shamrock Highlands Thoroughbreds. And since I am uh, at this uh, in Florida, it's a secret, secret what I'm doing here. Um, not really that big of a secret. Uh, Michelle's going to do the interview alone. So we're going to do our opening. We're going to have our three things of note. And then Michelle's going to talk to Jeff Callen. And we'll have that all for you coming up here on the Owner's Box. Let's get right to it, Michelle. Three things of note. What are we starting with today? I think we're going to start with uh, as far away as we possibly can and head back to the Middle East for last weekend when it was the Dubai World Cup. I think we all agree it was a little on the anticlimactic side just because there's no fans and Maybe the contingent of horses we sent over weren't some of the memorable names we have previously sent, like Arrogate and California Chrome. But it still ended up being, I feel like, a great weekend for the USA, um, taking three races on the card. Extravagant Kid, eight years old, by the way. That's the first turf race the U.S. has won. And that was uh, the Alquaz Sprint. The Golden Shaheen went to Zenden. And then, of course, the Dubai World Cup to Mystic Guide for Mike Stidham. And... They did have some home team situation there, right? Because he's owned by Godolphin, but still a U.S.-based horse. So I thought that was a really good showing anyways for the U.S. And I just want to throw in there, how cool is Mishriff? He is so cool. He's so okay. cool. So last year he runs okay. He comes in to win a group one on turf. He comes back this year. He wins the Saudi Cup on dirt. And then everyone's like, okay, he's going to run Dubai World Cup. And he doesn't. They're like, nah, we're going to throw him in the Shima, which is maybe stretching him a little bit back on the grass. And I mean, late he was—he doesn't motor, right? Like he grinds and grinds and He's grinds. And he he was out in the track, and I was super thrilled with that. I thought that was cool. Who knows what they're going to do with him now? This is a horse that literally could win, like he could win the the Saudi Cup. Now the Shima, he could win like the Ark and the Breeders' Cup Classic, right? Like that's that would this be type of horse. an How incredible, cool incredible achievement. Hats off to trainer John Gosden, who, by the way, you know who's a big fan of John Gosden. Who? Richie Baltus. Really? Yeah. Loves John Gosden. Loves That's him. That's funny. Did you also know that John Gosden used to train for my family? Really? Yeah. Did they fire you? <laughs> no, he moved back. 
He, when he came to the U.S. Oh, when he came to the U.S. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, when he came to the U.S. No, oh, Michelle, cool. I did not get fired as an I'm owner. I'm giving you a hard time. I know you um, are. What's point number two, Michelle? Point number two is the Florida Derby was last weekend, and that was... I guess a, a mild upset, right? Known agenda ended up winning for meat leader Todd Pletcher and owner breeder St. Elias Stables. Um, by the way, the Florida Derby was brought to you by Curlin and this horse, a son of Curlin. I mean, can you get better? Curlin, right? Curlin, be known agenda, Pletcher returns to the Derby. I, You know, I didn't think it was a huge upset. Obviously, the favorite was a little disappointing, um, and that was... Uh, now, did you, thi Wait, did was, you think just the greatest honor was going to run honor. better? Or did you, like, what did you think of his race? That's the I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something. Um, okay. I liked greatest honor based on his previous couple of races, but there was a doubt in my mind because of the way he won those races where he looked kind of empty at the three ace pole and then he would come on. So there was doubt. I I'll tell you, I'll be honest. I had a pick four going that day. And as you know, I'm not a big player, but I did, I did only use, uh, two horses, and that was Greatest Honor and Known Agenda. Now, was I dead on my ticket? 100%, as always. But uh, I thought Known Agenda was very, very live that day, and uh, and I thought he ran huge, and why not? Why doesn't he have a shot in what's looking like a wide-open Kentucky Derby? And some of those horses that are headed that way are going to run this weekend. So big weekend for the Derby this weekend. You have the Santa Anita Derby. I believe you have the Wood Memorial, too, and the Bluegrass, right, Michelle? Yep. Bluegrass Field just got drawn, in fact. So we have our uh, defending two-year-old champion, Essential Quality, in the Bluegrass. He'll be tough in there for sure. So big weekend ahead for the Derby. I think all of a sudden the Santa Derby, by the way, is going to be big. Like there's going to be like 10 horses in it I or think something, it's gonna right? Be, I think it's going to be a big race. And Santa Anita is allowing fans this weekend. Or I don't know if yes. should we say fans. Yeah, starting, or starting fans? Friday. Yeah. Fans are allowed on site at Santa Anita. You have to buy a ticket. But uh, if you want to come, buy a ticket. And... Come in, and that's because we need to make sure that we can assure social distancing. So that's not like to, you know, trying to do anything else, but they can't just allow walk-ups. So right. if you want tickets, please get online to SantaAnita.com, and we hope to see you out there. Not you, though, Billy, because you'll be in Florida. <laughs> I will be back. I'm fully. Oh, you'll be back? I'm fully vax. Remember, you still. I think you still have to wait 72 hours to come back. Okay. Well, I'll wait just so 72 you know. hours. I'm not in Florida, everybody. I'm actually home. I'm just kidding. Um, By the way, yes. uh, I heard you ate caviar yesterday. Is that a true story? No, we did not have caviar. It was on a pizza. <laughs> it was on what a. Do you mean? We had a, a tuna sashimi pizza that was like that. This place is a famous for for appetizer, and I think there was a little bit of caviar on it. It was not like we were sitting uh, okay. at a table eating caviar with uh, with Swift. Who... I mean, if you're having a tuna sashimi pizza, I feel like it was probably like Maguro or it something. It was probably Maguro. It was not caviar. Okay. It was free. Okay. It's Swift. It's he's very funny. And let me tell you about Degen Nation. They're a very good crew. They're a nice bunch of guys. Obviously, they have big Twitter followings, and they're very funny on Twitter. And if you got to know these guys, like I have a little bit. They're they're really passionate about the game, and I think what they're doing is really really fun. As long right. as they don't, as I don't like the the quote unquote uh, personal attacks or offensive stuff. I mean, they can do it to each other. That's fine, but the rest of the stuff they're trying to do and really bring people and young people into the game, I think you know I'm a fan of. So oh, can't well, help it sounds it. like we should have them on the show. We should absolutely. Oh, I talked to them last night for sure. I got a bunch of people now. Point number three, I am at the Fasig Tipton sale here in lovely. Uh, Hallandale Beach. I am at the Aventura Hilton, brand new hotel, Michelle. It's very nice. And uh, had a had all the breeze show yesterday, and the sale will be tomorrow at two p.m. Eastern. There's a bunch of beautiful horses here, Michelle. You would absolutely love it. 
Don't say tomorrow. Say Wednesday because the show gets put up on Wednesdays. You know what? You're so right. Later today. Later today. Michelle, how come? <laughs> who are you so smart today? What happened? I oh, love I it. I ate my Wheaties today. You are you are right on the ball. Later today, because the show is being put up later today. Uh, beautiful, uh, uh, beautiful day, and the the sales grounds are popping and hopping, and uh, some very very nice horses. And I think if you do want to buy a horse later today, Wednesday, um, you better put your big boy pants on. That's oh, all I guess. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's going to be some big money on the line? Oh, I think there's going to be some big players around here, Michelle. And I think it's going to be very difficult uh, for uh, many people to buy the horses they might want to buy. But that's why sales are great. All right. All right. Looks good. Well, well, that was our three things in no and our opening. Billy, best of luck at the sales over there. And I think we're going to step aside and I'll come back with Jeff Callen. You're the best, Michelle. Have fun. Bye. Bye. The Owner's Box is brought to you by TaylorMade Stallions. This week, Mishawish, who enjoyed a huge weekend and could have an exceptional spring and summer. Yeah, I was really excited to see St. Hood, who had a huge race to run second in the Grade 3 Jeff Ruby Stakes at Turfway Park on the Kentucky Derby Trail. He was completely shut off in mid-stretch, but he did earn 40 points towards the Derby. I feel like if he had not gotten interfered with and stopped, he most likely would have been the winner and, of course, heading to the Kentucky Derby with some buzz. He's owned by Windstar and China Horse Club, and he should have enough points to get in the Derby now. Uh, on the same card, Mashawish was also represented by the impressive debut winner, Lost Wish, owned by Bonchance Farms. Both horses bred by shareholders, so congrats to Duncan Taylor and the Bonchance Farm team. In other action last weekend, Mishawish also had Cadencia run second in a maiden special weighted Gulfstream. I Am the Law run second maiden special weighted Aqueduct. And Ferry Ferrarino, excuse me, run third at Santa Anita in a maiden special weight, all just beaten three-quarter lengths or less for the win. Contact Travis White or Liam Benson for significantly reduced prices and complimentary seasons for approved mares. That's Mishawish at TaylorMade Stallions. And we're back on the owner's box. Michelle, before your interview, you have to read something to me. What's going on? It's a fourth thing of note. It's a fourth thing of note. What? It's fourth special. What is this? Is, okay. Is, uh, is Bobby Bo debuting this week? He is. Okay, that's going to be exciting, right? It so is. I got a note, and it says, Dear BK, I just wanted to wish you the best of luck this weekend with the debut of Bobby Bo and the return of Raimundo Secret. I understand they are both training lights out, and it sounds like they are ready to fire. I appreciate everything you do. Love, Billy Big. I don't even understand Billy Big. And then it says, "P.S. Are we throwing down? Are we throw? Who? Who? Well, explain this to me. I'm kind of maybe. Am I missing it? <laughs> Billy Big, my old horse that you loved. Bill, I think it's Billy Big the person. Billy Big the person. Who's Billy Big the person? <laughs> it's from Mark Martinez. Oh, oh, Mark Martinez. Oh no, that's the story where I lost two hundred dollars with Bowie's Hero against against. Uh, Against Billy Big, so he wants he, to bet. So he wants to bet Charmaine's he Mia. He wants to bet. Yeah. He wants to bet Charmaine's Mia against Raymundo, and I said no. He actually wanted to come on the show, but because we weren't having a guest today, or we weren't doing the guest show together, we we couldn't. Uh well, Mark, I know you're listening, and I know I'm going to see you this weekend. And I'm very excited, and How much I appreciate. Are you betting it. on what? Raymundo versus Charmaine. I'm not betting. 
I'm not betting. You're not? No, I have a new thing. You know, we had a really great weekend last weekend. Um, Little Red Feather won yeah, three races. Won. My boy Tate, your favorite horse. Did you see the video mm -hmm. that Michelle Nevin sent me? Uh, yes, I did. It was awesome. Uh, Vault, Mirth's little sister, won at Oakland for Brad Cox. Yep. And, and Mecklenburg. Mecklenburg. Yeah, one, one, one other than at Golden Gate Fields. Steve Sherman's done a great job turning his career around. And all three times, Michelle, I did not bet a dime. So I am not betting on my horses this weekend. I am so you're just, not going to bet on Bobby Bo? No, he will be the favorite. I will not bet on him. Okay. I will not bet on Bobby Bo. I will not bet on Raimundo. And I will not bet on Cargo, who's going to come back in the cowbred stake on the dirt. And I will not bet on Rip City. And I will not bet on Pharaoh's Heart on Friday. Who's back? You sound like uh, the opposite of Dr. Seuss. I will not bet. No, I, I will not. I will not bet my horse's thought. <laughs> I will not bet them win or place. I will place. not bet them win or place. I will, I will not, not bet, bet them, them in this race. race. Yes. I will not bet them in the race. That was good. Yes. I will not bet them. Uh. I'm going to make you a Dr. Seuss. And I'm going to read it at the end of my thing. All right. There you go. Have fun. Do your interview. And uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Here you go, Michelle. You're up. All right. So welcome back here on the owner's box. Like Billy said, just going to be flying solo today, but I am pleased to be joined by Jeff Callen from Shamrock Highland Thoroughbreds. Jeff, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out. I know I had some technical difficulties. This is not new to this show, but I appreciate your patience. Ah, no problem, Michelle. Looking, uh, looking forward to having a conversation. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So first of all, I want to hear just about your background. How'd you get into horses and, and all that jazz? Ah, Lord, when, well, I was, my uncle trained in New York in harness horses, believe it or not, and uh, in smaller tracks, uh, Batavia, Buffalo, and uh, my dad worked a part-time job at the track and just fell in love as a as a young lad and um, ended up uh, getting my trainer's license when I got out on my own, got a little older and, mm -hmm. um, you know, small family business, uh, as an owner, trainer, breeder. And, uh, you know, that's how I got in. I was in the, the harness business for 13 years, raced in Cleveland, Chicago, and my favorite was Hazel Park in Detroit, um, Columbus. So it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, a labor of love and, and just had a passion for it and passion that's never gone away. So how did that um, translate from being, you know, fully enveloped in harness racing to coming over to thoroughbreds? Well, for years, I was always a horse racing fan. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, like the thoroughbreds as well. And uh, after my career just took off where I just couldn't support a seven day week operation and um, you know how it is, and you know when you're a trainer and your boots on the ground, you that that's your life, right? right. So, um, um, became kind of a passive fan, and uh, uh, really funny because I I couldn't even look at catalogs for any of the sales because I know I'd get right back into it again. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to put the catalog in the desk and say I'll look at it after the sale. Um, but uh, yeah, so I started doing some research, uh, you know, on, on thoroughbreds and looked at pedigrees and just watched races and more as a, as a fan, mm -hmm. um, but getting educated and said, you know, if I ever get back into this, I'm, I'm getting into thoroughbreds. And uh, so I spent uh, probably watched 25,000 races and analyzed them, watched them over and followed horses and got into the pedigree research and 
went to a couple sales and, uh, you know, confirmation and followed some horses I really liked. And um, so I spent really 15 years um, doing that before uh, about 16, 17, 18 months ago, I, I got serious and uh, decided to go looking. So I started looking around the internet, what was available for partnerships and to put my toe back in the water and um uh, there's a lot out there, a lot of a lot of good things, and really, um, it's good for the industry. Mm-hmm. But uh, ended up ended up uh, um, getting with Greg Demasi and Kate Demasi out east in Pewter Stables, and um, kind of got in touch with them, and and they had partnerships available, and um, they do a lot of claiming horses, and they buy some at the sale as well, and so kind of used my pedigree research and things, said yes to some and no to some others, so. That's how I got back into it. And why did you decide you wanted to start up a syndicate? You know, for somebody like me looking around um, and doing research, I always said that, you know, as I get older and uh, I end my consulting career, um, that I really wanted to get back into really full-time this operation and and horse racing. Mm -hmm. Again, it's, it's just a love of passion. And I said, you know, um, in the last couple of years, I said, what's not out there exactly that may be a benefit to fill a gap? Mm-hmm. You know, um, the uh, a lot of this is on our website, but, you know, you get uh, um, partnerships with claimers. And, and that's been all these are great because they bring fresh blood, new owners into the game and helps build and sustain our business. So they're all wonderful. Then you get the. Um, the uh, micro shares Mm -hmm. and absolutely wonderful for somebody who's a novice just getting in wants the excitement to watch their horse um i said what's missing is the investor portion in the middle Mm -hmm. find out a strategy see what their needs and wants are and i want hey i just want some percentage of some horses watch them race right now have some fun with my friends or i want to you know get shoot for the moon and get into some yearlings and and i'm a higher end investor and i'll I'll take my time and take my risk um and everybody in between so i thought if we can put something together that we can talk to folks help them develop their strategy what are you really looking for and try to put that together and then put these people and funds together to satisfy everybody's strategy so Mm -hmm. that's how this all developed was it hard to try to design something that was going to be different than, I don't want to say our marketplace is flooded with partnerships because I don't feel that way, but you know, you want to be able to stand out and be different than Little Red Feather or Eclipse or West Point. Yeah, it, it, it was, um, you know, because obviously there's a lot of, you know, claiming horses there mm-hmm. or other people they have, I have X horses. Here's our horses available. Um, and it's kind of like uh, um, great. They do great. I've done great with uh, with Pewter Stable and the Demasis mm-hmm. doing that. I've had 15 starts as an owner across five horses and have seven wins in two seconds. I mean, I can't argue with that at right. all, right? Um, so, um, but uh, if there's nothing there that you're interested in, it's like going to the grocery store and saying, I want you know, wife tells you you want a filet mm-hmm. because you got company coming over for dinner. You want filets and you want 
chicken and some hamburger, and you go there and say, we don't have any fillets, we've got sausage and pork chops today, you know? Um, So I thought, uh, well, let's see what folks want, what an investment or strategy they, you know, what's, what's their goal, what's their objective, and then fit them in those categories. So that's really we're starting with the investor first mm-hmm. and getting their needs. And then we're going to go out and find them what suits their needs. And, and Barry and I plan on keeping uh, um, percentages of every horse we buy, you know? Right. So while other people are out buying horses and then syndicating them after the fact, you're getting your investors first and then finding horses that they want. But instead of just buying each person, like a single horse, we're finding like a group of people that want something similar. Exactly. And their strategies are similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I see on your website, too, you're very straightforward about costs and everything. Um, Did you find that when you were researching other partnerships, it was hard to find out, like, what the uh, upcharge and everything was on purchased horses? You know, I mean, nobody's in it not to make money, right? Right. Um, So, I mean, obviously, you you don't do anything without making money hopefully you make money for everybody mm-hmm. um the owner of the business the the partners all the investors i mean it's nice when everybody makes money right um but, uh, yeah we thought that i mean you can see i mean i know the costs i'm a businessman so um work for a lot of fortune 500 companies and so i'm pretty good at cost analysis and mm-hmm. things like that so you can read into it and i said you know what we're just going to lay it right out there hey this is what we're going to do. And I mean, if we put up our own funds, right. You know, and, and we don't have any investors at this point, And then we put up our own funds and we spend three or four months on a horse. Obviously we're, we're not going to get a percentage on what we paid for. Right. Mm-hmm. We're, it's got a current market value, you know, um, it's like getting a claimer for 10,000 or 40,000 and they end up, uh, you know, being a, a, a pretty serious horse. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. The value goes up and down, as as we all know, um, and we hope it goes up. But um, yeah, it was so. We said we're just going to be straightforward. Here's what it is, and uh, a lot of our structure is really just to cover costs, mm-hmm. and we'll make money if they make money. Right. So that's that. That's really the the end goal. Why did you guys opt to go nationwide instead of just picking one region? Because I think there's a, a lot of opportunity out there. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of uh, um, fans, potential fans, potential owners. Yeah. And we thought, you know, with uh, different pedigrees and different uh, opportunities for racing around the country, um, we said we're just going to cover the major regions and mm-hmm. um, go out, seek out, um, seek out people that uh, we think are very good. They have our same values. Um, they're successful, and uh, so it was a that was quite a search, actually. But I mean, the the folks we have on board now with us, uh, it, it's I couldn't be happier. Um, you know, and then any investor, they want to know where the horse is going, probably. Right. So it is right there, racing in California, Ryan Hansen. If you're in Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio. Ben Colebrook, you know, if, uh, if you're out east, Kate Damasi will have the horse, right? Mm-hmm. And Sharon Boland in, in Florida. So um, they know where the horse is going. They can look them up. They can um, see everything, and there's no question, right? Right. So. 
Um, what what kind of people so far have you found are interested in this particular model? Are you getting a lot of businessmen that just want to like step up? Are you looking? Are you getting a lot of younger people that want to dip their toe into the water? Yeah, we've we've got a little bit of both. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, while we were putting this together and weren't even officially up and running, the website wasn't even up. Um, you know, just talking to people, we had people. Yeah, I want to get in for this or that or the other thing, which is how we acquired these horses. Right. Um, you know, it was pretty interesting. So before the website went up, we had uh, we had some investors, small investors, but investors nonetheless. But uh, we get everything from uh, the traffic so far, and it's a, a slow burn, as you probably know, as a startup. But it's been uh, a lot of people that um, are fans. And they never really thought about it, but now they're thinking about it, you know, so, which is great for our business. Yeah. Well, I see, too, that, you know, you're, a lot of your breakdown is really about um, claiming and, you know, how to do X, Y, Z, and, and a lot of your structures about that. Is that what your um, Shamrock Highland want to focus on to begin with, or is that just, just one aspect and you're open to whatever your investors want? Yeah, that's just one aspect. We just try to give some examples mm-hmm. of what you know, a portfolio would look like, you right. know, but that's, I mean, it's just, a, um, the, what people want to do, of course, is unlimited, right? You get people that say, Hey, I've got six figures to spend and mm-hmm. I want, I want to breed my own. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or I want 40% across, you know, four horses, right? Right. Or 30% across four or five horses. So, um, and, and you'll get the person that says, hey, I've got, you know, I've got 5000 what, what What can I get for 10% that me and the family and our friends can hopefully watch them race on Saturday or, you know, on mm-hmm. Sunday. So Fast forward um, 10 so, years, Jeff. What would be your ultimate goal for Shamrock Highland? What would you like to see in 10 years? Oh, Lord, I would I would love to see um, us help grow the business. Um of course, everybody wants a graded stakes winner, mm-hmm. right, or two uh, in the portfolio and in the background and and have uh, have our investors be successful and, and be repeat investors, right, and help, help them grow with us. Now, if our investors grew with us over the next 10 years, and uh, that, would, that would be a, a mark of success in my mind. Oh, that's awesome. I have to ask, just from a personal standpoint, What's what's the biggest difference that you found between harness racing and thoroughbred racing? Not just obviously the breed, but the way it's run or anything like that. Ah, uh, well, I mean, in, in harness, I mean, the, you you can race once a week, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's horses with 42 and 46 starts a year, right? Um, which is not not in the thoroughbred industry. Um, typically harness races are all a mile, right? Mm-hmm. There are some exceptions. Um, but, uh, um, just in the way you train them, I mean, uh, when you're building a harness horse up, you'll jog, um, three, four, five, and generally it's four or five miles mm-hmm. in a day. Right? right. And then when you're training and you can train twice a week, you'll go, when you're building them up for the races, you go three trips. You might go. Um, you'll jog them a mile and a half or uh, two miles, and then you'll turn and, and go um, go a mile in two minutes and 40 seconds, and you'll give them a 30-minute breather, 35-minute breather. You'll come back and go in 
you know, 225 or 228. You give another 35 minute breather, and then you and then you come back and go in, you know, 210. That's or crazy. I didn't know they trained you know? multiple times in one day. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, and, they warm up like that the track too. Yeah, I've seen I mean, that. I didn't. I just didn't know that when you train, you train in like in heats. Yes. That is cool. Maybe we should start doing. I mean, I, I know some people train their horses twice a day. I feel like maybe we could learn something from that, though. You know, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm thinking there may be some some crossover, but I'm you know, I'm not sure they could certainly hold up to that that kind of endurance. They're right. just pretty. Pretty stout animals versus a third. But, of course, thoroughbreds run at a higher speed as right. well. Well, uh, one thing, too, I guess, if you're an owner of standard bread, you can always get in the bike. I don't think very many owners are coming out and climbing on their thoroughbred to work them out either. No, that's true. <laughs> the other thing is, you know, I mean, as, as a trainer, I mean, I sat behind my horses every day. Right. I was a trainer. You know, I'd sit behind five or six of them and do that training. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a little bit different, whereas – a lot of the trainers and thoroughbreds, they have riders and they're intimately involved, but their riders, you know, do the riding. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any... The other thing is the equipment, right? right, the, right. All the equipment you can you can hang a har- on a harness horse is a lot different than the opportunities you have on a thoroughbred. Do you feel like a lot of the equipment made a huge difference? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, it's um, it's a matter of balance, right? And and steadying their gait and, mm-hmm. and not restricting their gait. So it's a, I mean, it's a matter of inches and fractions of inches. I mean, uh, right down to the, the shoeing. I mean, you would just do so many variants on shoeing and toe length and uh, heel length and angles and tipping. And um, in, in the, in the harness industry mm-hmm. that you, you don't see a lot of in thoroughbreds. You see some, but not to the extent uh, of a harness horse. Okay, this might be a stupid question. Um, like, we always talk about like a gated horse. If you turn a gated horse out in the field, they're going to gate naturally. So, like, do yep. standard breads just want to do their trotting, pacing gates if they're turned out, or do they like to run? They'll they'll do they'll run generally. Um, uh, pacer will generally trot out in the field or okay. run. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, are, there, yeah. are there any pros of harness racing, whether it be race structure or uh, advertise, anything like that, that you think we can learn from in the thoroughbred industry? You know, one thing that, uh, um, and I was younger and my son was younger, but uh, the, the, the track, Northfield Park, mm-hmm. um, they really made it, a family event. They okay. tried to do a family atmosphere. Um, they had cookouts in the summer, the hot dogs and things for the kids mm-hmm. to bring the whole family. And I think that's part of what's made Northfield Park very successful. Um, you know, so, I mean, making it a family affair and not just about, uh, and a spectator sport, not just about gambling and, and fans and you know, the guys getting together or the girls, husbands and wives, but a whole family affair, I think is something that, uh, that we could, we could generally learn from and, and hopefully bring more people and in, in next generations into the sport. I like that. Um, what about the name Shamrock Highland? You got to tell me the, the thought process behind that. Nah, well, I'm, it was, 
it was pretty easy. I'm I'm Irish by descent. Okay. And uh, and Barry Kirkham is was actually born in Scotland. Oh, so, all right. So it was uh, something to do with uh, Ireland and Scotland, and we just kind of put that together. I love it. Wait, does Barry have an accent? I might have to have him on the show too. Oh, he does. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. I love a good Scotch accent. Yeah, he's he's definitely great. He's been uh, he's been a lot of fun to to be around and uh, and uh, talk back and forth. And um, you know, it's it's always good to have a a consensus opinion. Right. All right. The um, same with Greg Demasi. You know, we, yeah. He and I will debate back and forth, and certainly enjoy our debates together. Debates are the best. Actually, Billy and I spent half of this show debating. To be honest with you. <laughs> When there's yeah, the two of us on. <laughs> uh, Jeff, I always like to close our show with our guests with a piece of advice. If you could tell new owners one thing um, about getting in the game, what would that be? Make sure you you do it because you want to do it mm-hmm. and you want to have fun doing it and hopefully the money will come. But do it because you want to enjoy it and you want to appreciate it and you want to get in the excitement. And and I can also tell them from my first win as a harness race trainer to my wins in, as a thoroughbred owner, it never gets old. It just feels good over 40 years. So I can tell them that. Awesome. Well, Jeff Callen, thank you so much for joining us today on the Owner's Box. You can find out more information on Shamrock Highland Thoroughbreds by going on to shamrockhighlands.com. And uh, there's plenty of contact information on there if you are interested. And thank you so much, Jeff. We wish you the best of luck in the future. Thanks, Michelle. Great great talking to you. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. All right, so that was Jeff Callen, Shamrock Highland Thoroughbred. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, I did have one little special thing to add before we call it quits here. If you listened earlier, obviously you heard myself and Billy talking about him not wagering any longer, and I did promise a Dr. Seuss-style poem. So I did work on that this afternoon, and I have it ready to go. I will not bet my horse today. I did not bet them yesterday. I will not bet them in a stake or in a maiden claiming race. Every time I bet we lose, so I am not betting. This I choose. I will just enjoy and root. I will scream at them in the chute and on the turn and down the stretch and hope that they all finish best. But I will not bet my horse to win, nor to show or to place. I will not, will not bet that race. From my boy Tate to Bobby Bow, my unlucky wagers will not go. Into the pools for all to see. Instead, my dollar stays with me. Good luck, nation, and you will see. If we win, it's thanks to me for not betting on our horse because of my bad luck, of course. So hopefully, Billy, you enjoyed that. I think it's really funny. Um, if you guys want to follow us along, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at own a horse you can follow billy at bklrf or myself at the michelle you and of course in the money media at in the money media and uh, follow along with that whole stable or you can go to the in the money as well thanks for joining us this week and we hope to see you next week bye welcome to the owner's box now here's billy koch and Michelle Yu.